You are listening to Be Simply. This is Suzanne Toro, a.k.a. She. You can anticipate being inspired, discovering some inner and outer wisdom and inspiration. Without further ado, let's dive into Be Simply. So here we are for another Dharma talk around karma part two and a little silence towards the end of this segment. So what I wanted to share that's just really, really important is that when we start to contemplate what karma is, it's natural to intellectualize it and it's a step process. And as we start to have those internal ahas, we dive deeper into what karma is and how to potentially see in every moment the best action to take. While we're in samsara, the state of suffering, it's really easy to uh, just get caught up in our sensory pleasures, the things we want to experience, justify them. And as I mentioned in part one segment, which I'll link here in this segment, if you want to go back and listen to that before or after, is that basically, uh, you know, in the Tao, the beautiful thing I'm going to share is kind of bridges these two points is that if we're present in the current moment, then we'll see truly what is and maybe how we're to act or not act, mean be in repose and observe uh, how we're to engage. And we might see the truth of that situation. And as I mentioned in the last segment is that there is an eternal aspect of ourself. So our internal being, the soul that is you does not end, it continues. And no matter what theological background you are part of, that soul is going somewhere. The physical body sheds, goes back to the earth in this world system. And then your eternal being, your soul, uh, moves on. And so within that energetic being, there are imprints, electromagnetic imprints that you have either held on to from this past lifetime or additional lifetimes. And that's why in Chinese medicine, uh, in yogic practices, and even in Vedic Jyotish astrology, uh, we start to see karmic influence. And in Chinese medicine, we notice that the influence of the physical body, meaning any hindrances we have in the physical, emotional, spiritual, and mental body are indicators of past action from another lifetime. So get this, uh, you're going through life (laughs) and you're feeling like, woe is me. And what is our society? really designed to perpetuate right now on planet earth and that is to perpetuate suffering victimhood predatorhood and if we realize that in this moment we are choosing how we want to live our present moment but we're also paving the way towards our future and that future is not just this lifetime it's into the next so again no matter what theological belief system you have you're paving your way either to your kingdom in heaven and you get to bring all this, uh, these imprints to your quote unquote creator. And that divine being is going to look and say, wow, 
this is what you've been up to. Now, uh, different theological belief systems and studies and scientific studies will account for this in different ways. And sometimes it's a allegory, it's a metaphor, a story, yet we, we relate to them in realms like in Catholicism or uh, in the Protestant faith, you would relate to heaven and hell, these dualistic places that you would go in Catholicism, they even break it down to hell and pur purgatory. So that is why then there are these commandments, thou shall not dot, 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 dot. Yet sometimes people in a theological belief system believe that they are exempt and they'll get to those pearly gates and this divine being is going to say, oh, you know what? Susie over here did a great job. She was in service to humanity, her community and her church. And you were partying like a rock star. But you know what? You both can come in. Now, how fair is that? <laughs> you know, if this is an equanimous uh, being, an all-knowing, omnipresent being, it doesn't seem that that would be the case. So I'm just, um, you know, talking this point through with you. So if you are coming from a different faith, you can maybe sit with it and really go to your scriptures because there's a lot of clues in those scriptures. And so if uh, you haven't been upholding the system which is set in place by your faith, there will be a consequence. Again, that cause and effect. And that divine being might say, you know what, you need to go back down there uh, and start over again. Or worst case scenario, you're condemned to a, well, a realm of H-E double hockey sticks or purgatory or wherever you might be condemned to. And so why take a chance on that? Uh, so we know then we go back to the science of Eastern Buddhism. We go to uh, yogic systems, Vedic systems. We start to look at and see that this eternal being uh, carries information, electromagnetic information from your past experiences to this most present moment. And so when we talk about karma, a lot of people misuse this word, as I mentioned before, that karma is something that's a punishment, like, oh, you're going to get your karma. And really to point that out to someone probably isn't the best thing to do. You're creating a little karma with them, uh, is that it's theirs. Energy has no opinion. All right. There's no judger to it. There's just you propelling energy into a moment, a quantum space. And then it has an effect and that effect is sometimes immediate and sometimes long term, meaning you kind of said, Hey, this is how I like to be. And I'm going to keep paving my way into my future like that. And so what happens is really beautiful is because in Tibetan Buddhism, they'll talk about karmic knots because sometimes it's our ignorance that starts tying these complicated knots. We decide we have entitlement to do this, that, or another with our thoughts and we'll go deeper into the thought word and action in part three but just simply put we create uh, imprints and knots with our thoughts our words and our actions and you know when we reconcile this it starts to get really humbling because uh it's one thing when we maybe have to reconcile an overt thought but 
the reality is, is when we have the opportunity to really say, hmm, uh, or overt action, I should say, uh, that's a little simpler for most people identified like, oh, I took something that did not belong to me. And now I have to somehow reconcile that and make amends, uh, for my behavior or, and, or I might have to pay this energetic deduction that I took from my cosmic bank account in the future. And then again, it's a lot, just, it's more disorienting in our future lives when we have physical, mental, emotional, spiritual elements and sudden changes in our life that is the universe saying, okay, it's time to pay back that debt. And it's again, nothing external. It's just your internal mathematical being, uh, that's energetically conditions are ripening and you're evolving. Uh, when we aspire to higher states of consciousness, and this is something that's so profoundly beautiful to do in the human body and this world system is that there is a propensity to want to, uh, rise up higher, reach those higher levels of consciousness and awareness. And then that's when humility, that humility teacher comes in and you are willing to start seeing maybe the errors of your ways, the, uh, transgressions of your choices. And so I like to think as I was raised, uh, with a theological background rooted in Christianity, uh, and then was re uh, merged with my indigenous self and then also my uh, Buddhist and yogic self. And so through this process, I've been able to really account for different tr tr traditions on planet Earth. Uh, in addition, I have the beautiful opportunity to help assist others that are transitioning out of their body in this lifetime into the next and help mamas and papas welcome their babies into this lifetime. And on both of those uh, instances, this very, those very sacred entries and exits, there's a lot of karma that's burned off, uh, put back in order. And that's why in a Buddhist setting, they'll say, you have the opportunity to reach enlightenment in one lifetime, if you're willing to look and you start to see, oh, so, we, I've basically taken you down this road that, uh, hopefully that you can start to grasp that all actions lead to an effect. So cause action, and then the effect and the effect is the outcome, the consequence, the karma. And sometimes that feeds you, uh, the loop feeds you, the karmic loop feeds you, or it de degrades from you, or simply put it deposits into your cosmic bank account or it withdraws from your cosmic bank account. And then as mentioned, we start to see the impact of these from one lifetime to another lifetime based on physical health, mental health, spiritual health, uh, all these different things, emotional health that will be indicators of like, wow, um, that person has a strong constitution or, uh, that person has a mixed bag of a constitution or, uh, wow, um, that person had some things to work out. And we'll see this, you know, when we have uh, children come in that have severe illness or uh, disabilities. This is, again, part of that loop. And so rather than when we're working out our own karma or we're supporting someone working out their own karma, feeling pity or sorrow for that person, 
it's actually an opportunity to encourage them. So when I'm encouraging a, a baby and a mama during labor and all these things are being revealed days before my dreaming practice and then during the birth, it's encouraging the system to let it go. So part of the beautiful thing about an electromagnetic system is that, and this takes place in acupuncture or the sound therapy that I do or acupressure or you just sitting in it, is that when you have that electromagnetic feed, that thing that's really uncomfortable inside, it might cause anxiety, ailments, all these different things, that when some of these treatments are applied, it's a, a non-doing act. It's a, an act of repose because the electromagnetic field comes up. And if you're open, meaning you're willing to surrender and no longer grasp on that, those things will pop off you and open up and free you from things that you don't even uh, understand. So when we start to look at you know our history and our ancestors and all these things, we have this beautiful opportunity to support each other in shaking that SHIT off, shaking it off, letting it go. Uh, rather than spending too much time in our past stories, then we say, gosh, what kind of story am I trying to craft for the future? Uh, you know, right now on our current epoch on planet Earth, we're really creating some interesting things right now. We're creating these uh, systems that are keeping people in the past, in victimhood, uh, in stories that no longer exist, that happened many, many thousands or hundreds or millions of years ago. Yet we utilize that, we, the collective, we is utilizing that to actually take something from the present moment. It's like, oh, I'm going to bring all my ancestral pain here and I'm going to demand I get repaid for something that my ancestors created in a karmic loop. So that's an interesting way to handle <laughs> settling karma. Instead, if we're, we're triggered by, let's say, a social cause, a social issue, then we start to look at it and say, how can I help contribute to better this situation? Let, let's let the water be under the bridge, but how can I let this situation uh, lead me to helping resolve what's happening in the current moment, not amplifying what was, but saying, oh, this is actually what's existing right now. And how can I help to assist and end that? And one great example is because there's been a talk, a lot of talk here in North America about uh, slavery, our ancestral slavery and what has happened. Yet there's still slavery on this planet. There's still people being sold into slavery. There's people being forced into slavery from all different aspects, from work, from sex trafficking, human trafficking. And so we could spend a lot of time thinking about our ancestors, but wouldn't it be better if we put our efforts to freeing and ending slavery once and for all? Because once that happens, that starts to liberate that karmic loop and it brings human species back into alignment with nature. Because if you go out in nature, nowhere does mother nature put anything in slavery. You don't see the baboons holding each other in slavery. You know, they, the monkey species is a little, uh, likes to play around a little bit and may be the closest to humans as far as when they go in and try to take food and stuff like that. Those primates, yet there's still, uh, there's an understanding of how far the limits can be pushed. And so 
if we go in that perspective and say, hey, what action can I take in this present moment that will benefit now and the future? That's exciting. And so all the people out there, I really encourage you, if you really feel this deep pain and sorrow around slavery, uh, I know I do, but from a different perspective uh, than some, you know, we all have our own different perspective, then take action there. But take action not to take something that you think you deserve because of your past. Take action to help those that are actually in slavery now. Take action to help those who are in slavery now. That will free up a lot. Typically, this is the other interesting aspect is that uh, people don't like to digest this little nugget of information is that when something's happening to us and it's uncomfortable and we feel like we're the big victim word, we forget that actually in that moment we are being given the opportunity to free ourselves from something that is really uh, unimaginable. It's like we're, we're actually in that moment where we're being paying back our karmic debt feels like we're being victimized. It feels like we're being wronged, but that's the eye for an eye loop. We keep running around in a circle. And so you do something to me, I do something to you. You do something to me, I do something to you. And at some point, if one piece of that puzzle stops and pauses and observes what is, then they might be able to pull themselves out of that karmic loop and start stop the karmic loop, not only for themselves, but for others. And so this is, if we do a little full circle back to the Tao, this is a really powerful way to look at karma is like, wow, I have the opportunity to make things right in this moment. And that is so exciting. If we have this opportunity to make things right in this moment and instead assuming a role of being a victim, then we have, the world is our oyster because all of a sudden then we can apply this other beautiful tool that led us to believe the Tao that in all moments everything's fine. It's just everything's rising and falling and we can do whatever we want. We can dance and have a party like a rock star uh, or we might be of another faith and feel like, oh, you know, that divine being is going to forgive me for my trespasses. Uh, Yet we have the opportunity in the present moment rather to choose victimhood or woe is me. Because usually that's a sign when we're being wronged that we are actually paying back a cosmic debt. We can observe and try to learn the deeper lesson of what is. And so this is that opportunity for each and every one of us to start to think out beyond uh, what we feel we're entitled to, what we feel is fair. And we have this opportunity to say, Hey, uh, what's unfolding around me and how can I take action that will serve the present moment and take action that actually models the world you want to live in. So that's that being, uh, what you want the world to be versus pointing fingers and yelling at people that aren't being what you want them to be. So what we're going to do today, as I thought a little different, is we're going to do... You are listening to Be Simply. This is Suzanne Toro, aka She, 
you can anticipate being inspired, discovering some inner and outer wisdom and inspiration. Without further ado, let's dive into Be Simply. We're gonna pause it right there and then I'm gonna come back and finish this out so you can take it with you into your week. Uh, is that we're going to uh, do a little meditation right now. Now, you might have noticed on the last recording, it's really low. And the reason for this is, so it's not just silent and someone goes and says, what's going on? Uh, later on in these Dharma Talks, we'll talk a little bit more about silent meditation. So I'm just trying to have a subtle tone there for uh, podcast world, radio world. Yet... Uh, I really encourage you to start to learn how to meditate silently. So any meditations I do are just kind of a gateway, especially if they're guided with pranayama and breath work. Pranayama is breath work, but if they're guided is to really just welcome you into this calm space. But if we want to train our mind, we got to learn to do this in silence. So you'll hear the tone get really soft if you are inclined to turn up your earphones, that's your choice. Otherwise, just leave it really low uh, because my voice will come back and we're gonna have a little sit. So with that being said, I want you to just gently take a nice deep breath in and out. Another one, inhale. and exhale another one inhale and exhale good and then gently from there just want you to follow your natural breathing pattern, gently breathing in and out.
I want you to just gently take a nice deep breath in and out. Another one, inhale. And exhale. Another one, inhale. And exhale. Good, and then gently from there, just want you to follow your natural breathing pattern. Gently breathing in and out. You are listening to Be Simply. This is Suzanne Toro, AKA She. You can anticipate being inspired, discovering some inner and outer wisdom and inspiration. Without further ado, let's dive into Be Simply. So as you gently bring your awareness back to here, maybe during that silent sit, you had some deeper ahas around karma. And so as we dive into this matter of karma, there's this beautiful opportunity for each one of us, as I mentioned, to let it continue to flower within us. For me, especially uh, being that I know of some of my past (laughs) realities and what I've been reconciling in this lifetime is that There has been this deep, beautiful process of humbling uh, each time I get to a new layer, a new aha. And when we get to those ahas, it's like, whoa, you know, Um, I had, you know, some deepening of that many times over, probably in this past decade, especially. And that has been a really humbling process. And Typically what happens is you'll have those ahas about something, a deeper awareness of what even cause and effect is in a spiritual sense, but also in a very tangible physical sense. And then you'll get the chance to practice it. And then when you're ready, (laughs) the world will get a little topsy-turvy again. And two things are happening that maybe you're uh, getting ready to understand what I'm speaking about on a deeper level. And at the same same time, those karmic knots are getting ready to be undone, unraveled. And so that's an exciting proposition. And the one thing I want to encourage you all is when you start to realize the power that you have, the power that you have in every moment to make a choice. Uh, One, it'll take great discipline. It'll take complete honesty with your inner code of ethics and a willingness to listen to your inner wisdom, your inner divinity. In Buddhism, we talk about it as uh, the Buddha energy. You're all Buddha. Buddha exists everywhere. That's why there's a non-violent action within Buddhism because 
uh, divinity runs through everything, not just plants, not just animals, not just uh, humans, not just insects, but it all, all of it, there's divinity, there's spirits and energies. And when we bring that practice of the Tao, the present moment into practice, uh, the meditative repose, we start to engage and interact with those energies that are between you and a tree, let's say. And so when we realize we have this power to really just honor the eternal being that we are, the soul, into our highest expression. And again, if you have a different theological belief system or scientific belief system, Buddhism uh, and yogic systems, Vedic systems are based on science uh, more than just a, a blind faith belief system. Even indigenous cultures based on the science. Uh, theology is deeply based in faith, you know, in the divinity. And so while there's maybe not science to explain that phenomenon, that experience, uh, there is a deep faith and trust. So no matter what, uh, what or how you're interacting with these concepts right now, that's exactly how it's supposed to be. You're, you're to be where you are and be present with it and dive as deep as you can and honor it with the most sacredness. Uh, so as I mentioned, when you start to realize that you have this power to choose in every single moment, how you want to let your foot meet the earth, how you want to, to let your voice meet the environment around you, how you want to let your heart meet the world around you. That's a really beautiful proposition. And then the humbling part is, is that we're in this karmic dance with one another. Sometimes we meet situations, we meet uh, soul relations, that we have things to work out and the ego gets involved, the emotions get involved and the other beautiful thing is it's leading us somewhere. So usually to those deeper ahas like, whoa, aha. And so with karma and those karmic knots, sometimes we're untying them from this life to this life, meaning that you take an action in this lifetime and then you're going to uh, have to pay back some of that karma or all of it in this lifetime or and or you're doing it from a multitude of places into this lifetime. What I explain to a lot of people, especially when I do karmic readings for them, is that we don't need to know all the stories. Sometimes it's helpful so that we can liberate the karma. We can understand it in the present moment, but the present moment provides us everything we need, all the characters on the set. It provides us with our physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual hindrances to allow ourselves to liberate this karma and reconcile our cosmic bank account. And when we do that, as I've mentioned in the past, we get a little bit closer to uh, objective reality. We get a little bit closer to speaking what is. We get a little bit closer to higher states of consciousness because you can't get to those higher states of consciousness by pretending, as I mentioned in the past, being peace, love, happiness. You can't get there. You can put on a show, but again, there's a misalignment from the inner to the outer world. And that's why uh, Buddhism is, is rooted in science, uh, math, and things that can be tracked 
based on electromagnetic fields of interaction. And that's why we, we don't need, you know, a large mainframe computer to track everyone's actions and thoughts and feelings or make believe that they are showing out on the internet is because what we're doing in every moment is we're creating an electromagnetic dance with the universe and the universe is storing that information. And then when it comes time to create a reconciliation, it does. So how that looks in the most simplistic form is that let's say in your lifetime, you take an action and it within that action, let's say you, uh, what are, what are one of the things let's say you overindulged. And so as you overindulge in the world, that gets excessive. And then you start to excessively realize that maybe you're gaining weight, maybe that you're taking more than your lion's share. You're, uh, really creating this momentum where you can't satiate this gluttony that has started to rise up. And so then you're like, okay, I've had enough of that. Um, I'm done with that gluttony. And then you start working on unwinding that. Now, if you're really committed to it, then you're going to see the deeper roots. It's not just going on a restrictive uh, eating program. It's going, gosh, where is this coming from? Where is the deeper roots of my behavior coming from? And then that's where we get into the karmic imprint. And we get to see, you know, it might be that you don't feel empowered or you don't feel worthy or you don't feel safe or something that has happened to you that you maybe had did to someone else. And so then we use these behaviors and habits to cover up reconciling our past actions. And so, as I mentioned in the earlier on in the segment, we have a choice. We don't have to keep running around and chasing our tail or doing the eye for an eye and say, I'll be the predator or you'll be the victim. I'll be the enabler, uh, the addict cycle, the abuse cycle. We don't have to keep doing those things. We say, wow, I get a choice and I can step out of this and I can move on beyond this. So. That's the opportunity. And so how that relates in the, this lifetime is everything that's happening to you in that moment, then we can apply that tool, that present moment tool that's so beautifully brought forth in the Zen, like in the way of tea and brought in meditative repose. It's this great tool, this present moment. Most of you maybe have heard it through uh, a lot of different mindfulness books, uh, all those things reminding you to be here now. Yet what we need to do in that be here now is we need to bring our wisdom keeper, our highest self, and we need to bring our inner code of ethics. And so in that moment, even if we feel like we're being wronged, we say, wow, how do I want to respond to this? And so that, you know, if we look in the Christian faith, we might say, uh, we don't want to, uh, not love our neighbor, even though they wronged us, we're going to still love our neighbor. doesn't mean that you keep letting them wrong you, but you still love your neighbor and you pray for them. Uh, from a Buddhist perspective in the Bodhisattva vows, even if someone's degrading who you are is destroying who you are, there's potentially a reason for that. So rather than degrade them back or try to prove that you're not that you 
soften your gaze. You let that energy move on so that you can actually get proper perspective and bring in objective reality. And then from there, choose how you want to, or even if you want to respond to such a situation. Because there are no lies in the universe. Everything's recorded. Everything is there. So if you're in truth, meaning that you know the actual is, and we'll talk about that in a moment, then it doesn't matter what people say because they're just creating a karmic field for themselves to unravel. And so what we've noticed in this society is there's a lot of lying that goes on, a lot of dishonesty that goes on. And this is a protective mechanism. People do this maybe because they don't feel safe. They're worried that they may not be uh, afforded food, water, shelter, so or currency. So they start to make up these stories so that they can keep moving on with life or perceive how they move on with life. And so within that, that's where someone has that choice to decide if they want to do that or not. So this power of choice is all yours. Imagine that in every moment you can take a pause and evaluate how you're going to react to what is naturally arising. So that karma that might be yours or you might be assisting someone else in liberating theirs, but you can still pause for a moment. And there's something really valuable when you do that pause is because you're able to take a breath and see what exactly is happening. And again, it doesn't mean, let's say you're in a situation and you're getting the feedback loop of paying back a karmic debt. It doesn't mean that the people that are paying you back, <laughs> putting you maybe in that victim seat, doesn't mean that uh, you don't handle it responsibly uh, because there's a diff different solution than a reactionary one. And so in the next segment that we'll do next week, we'll talk a little bit deeper about the thoughts, the words, and the actions as it relates to karma. In addition, we'll uh, talk about this aspect of understanding what the response is. Because in karma itself, once we understand all sides, we're not in this eye for an eye thing. And then we realize how can we serve this? And so that simple Taoist uh, approach of being present in the moment, observing what is, and then feeling in to what will serve, not just yourself, but all. And so that's a key factor because sometimes people opt into Taoism because they feel there's more freedom. They can do anything and everything because it's all this orchestration. That's a misunderstanding of science, cause and effect, and it's a misunderstanding of the teaching. Uh, because I have been to some Zen monasteries and they actually talk about the bodhisattva vows and when you're in service for others and how it can make you very porous. And maybe we'll go into that a little bit later as we as these continue to unfold. But this is a good uh, stopping point is that to really to really begin to understand karma, it really takes a responsibility and a courage to understand that 
in the present moment, you are either receiving the benefits and we'll talk a little bit more about the benefits because we're talking about when you have to pay back karma versus when you get to gain from karma. But when you're receiving the benefits from your good efforts from the past, you can feel that. And then you can feel more than likely the withdrawal when it's time to pay back your past efforts that weren't so fortuitous or so uh, altruistic. I should say not fortuitous, altruistic. And so the simple, easy path moving from here forward as you digest this and allow it to awaken in your soul, your eternal being, and remember maybe where you left off with this knowledge, it's not by accident you're crossing it again now, is that if you come from a place of service, of selflessness, that is going to keep you on a most certain path. As soon as we grasp for the things we want, that is when we, things are on a slippery slope. No matter how innocent you might think they are, how pure you might think they are, how entitled you think they are, it gets on a slippery slope. So for the moment, I really welcome you to, one, uh, take a break and a pause when you feel yourself moving into action that might be... Uh, altruistic, but check in and make sure it truly is, or you're about to react to a situation, step back and feel into, is this me paying back some debt? We'll dive into a little bit that further about how to reconcile that, but that pause will help you. And then the adult uh, Native American way is to sleep on it, rest on it, wait 24 hours, sometimes wait a whole lunar cycle. Do you really see what else is being revealed to you during this passage of space, not time. <laughs> All right. So until next time, this is she, AKA Suzanne Toro signing out from Be Simply. I hope you have a beautiful day. I am bowing to you with deep honor and respect, a soft gaze, a gentle smile, and a namaste. Be Simply. You are listening to Be Simply. This is Suzanne Toro, a.k.a. She. You can anticipate being inspired, discovering some inner and outer wisdom and inspiration. Without further ado, let's dive into Be Simply. Simply.